Welcome to Step Struggles. I'm your host, Brooke, and I'll be discussing common issues we face in blended families. All too often, step parents feel alone while navigating the tough times. My goal is to shine a light on these topics and perhaps provide a fresh perspective to those who are needing one. Let's discuss this week's struggle. Happy Friday! We are here to talk all things stepmom with a fellow stepmom, Danielle. Welcome to the podcast, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you and find out. I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording about your situation, and I think that a lot of stepmoms are going to feel encouraged after hearing from you. So why don't you give us a, a bit of your situation, how old the kids are, how long you've been doing this? Um, I met my husband five years ago, um, and he was just closely to getting divorced when I met him. Um, and he had his kids at the time where his daughter was 13 and his son was 11. Yikes. And yeah. Yeah. It's tough ages. Yeah, for sure. For divorce, for sure. Um, and then we, we met in May and we actually moved in together the following February. So okay. it was kind of a quick turnaround but because it was, we really moved in together because it was more of like a timing thing. He yeah. was, you, you, you know, his lease was ending. Yeah. My, my husband and I went on our first date mid-August and he was living with me by mid-September. So, yeah. So, you know, I met him older, so we kind of, you know, yeah, we, we knew what we yeah. wanted and exactly. we weren't kind of, so um, I, we've been doing this for five years, going on five years. And how my did, stepdaughter is about to graduate from high school and my stepson is just turned 16. Wow. Yeah. How did meeting them go? How, how long did you date before you met them and how did that go? We met them. I met them too soon. I think I met them about after a month, okay. um, kind of against my better <clears throat> tuition about it. I, um, but my husband was just excited. He was happy to be, have met someone and he wanted to kind of, you know, work on moving on with his life. And so I met the kids after a month, um, which, you know, I, I think anybody in our situation knows that's not, it's not the easiest for kids at any level, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a month or years. Yeah. So yeah. it's always going to be what it's going to be, right? It doesn't really. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did it go? What did you guys do? I actually, my husband brought me to his daughter's basketball game. So I kind of just met them at the game very quickly. And I guess his ex-wife got wind of it. So she showed up. Okay. I wasn't, neither one of us were expecting that. Yeah. So that was kind of, you know, Curveball. awkward, <laughs> but we, you know, I, I, I grew up in a big family and so I, I learned how to, you know, adjust quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how did the kids feel? Did, was it awkward with the kids? Oh, definitely. I mean, they yeah. were, they were not, I mean, they didn't love it. They yeah. were, they, they, this divorce was as much of a shock to them as it was to my husband. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they were told that mom and dad were getting divorced, they thought they were getting told they were going to Disney world. So 
it was a lot for them. Yeah. And especially at those ages, you know, 11 and 13, I mean, it's like their world was turned upside down. So having a new person in their life was not really what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were very, I mean, they were, I, I, I had to consider myself very lucky. They were so, you know, they're polite kids and we had, a, you know, we had a lot of meltdowns on transition day and, um, uh, you know, anytime we were all together or, you know, the kids really, it was difficult for them, but they were never like mean or treated me terribly, or, you know, if they hated me, it was behind closed doors and, you know, were they nice all the time? No, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I like to say they tolerated me for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, I did everything I could to try and make when they came here, you know, peaceful and nice and, you know, not getting in their face. You know, I did my best to kind of keep my distance for a long time. And how did that feel for you? Like, how did it feel? How, how often were they with you and how did it feel when they were there? So we have them 50, 50. So we had them a week on and week off. Um, and so, uh, transition days were Fridays after school, which, you know, worked well. Cause then, you know, you had Friday night to kind of, they had their transition time and then, you know, Saturday we could kind of start our weekend or, you know, whatever was going on. Um, so we just, I really, I, it was really, really important to me for my husband to kind of reestablish and recreate or kind of repair the relationships with his kids. He wasn't really, I don't, you know, I don't know about a lot of other people, but he wasn't the majority parent or, you know, the dominated parent, dominating parent. I don't know. I don't, you know, he wasn't first parent, Mm -hmm. you know, he was more a babysitter slash, mm-hmm. you know, go-to guy. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was really, really important that he really repair and recreate his relationship with his kids. You know, they were almost like strangers in some ways, you know, they were his kids and they loved him and all of that, but it was just a totally different dynamic. Now he mm-hmm. was the, you know, he was the, the parent in the house and So I did my best to kind of let him do that. You know, when there were meltdowns or things happened, I let him do it and I would just go away. And if I was there, you know, I was there to be with him and support him if he needed it. Mm -hmm. So you're more of a like supportive stepmom to your husband than like a parent figure. Yeah, I never wanted to be. Yeah. You know, they have a mom and they have a dad and, you know, they didn't need one more person. It wasn't going to help me. It wasn't going to help my husband. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to help anybody if I tried to just jump in and do all the things. Yep. And you're very smart not to do that. <laughs> it was, you know, did I want to sometimes? Yeah. I mean, I think probably in the last, I think I might've hugged the kids once in four years. Yeah. You know, and because I didn't want to overstep any kind of, you know, feelings they had. Yeah. And yeah. kind of let them come to me. You know, I, I, I remember someone reading somewhere, someone saying, well, you know, when you meet your significant other's kids, just treat them like cats. You know, you go in, 
you pet them, you say hi from a distance, and then you let them come to you. Yeah. And that's kind of how I, you know, approached it. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, do you have any kids of your own? Did you want any kids? Um, I do not have kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, no, I didn't want to have kids. I've, I have fertility issues to begin with. Um, and I was never really with anybody that I wanted to have kids with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want kids bad enough to go through all that, go through all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was happy, you know, I kind of felt like my mission in life was maybe just to meet a man who had kids and to love him so he could, you know, love his kids better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I always wonder if people like I wanted kids from the time I was a baby. And when I first started dating my husband, I was like, oh, we're going to have these kids and we're going to do all these things. And, you know, and like bad, bad way to go in because, (laughs) you know, they have a mom. My stepkids were little and we were far. So that probably helped with not being too, but I was in there. You know, I was thinking about them 24 hours a day. And, and I think that can set us up for disappointment and hurt in the long run, because they're, they're not going to look at you like you're their mom ever because you're not, and they shouldn't. Right. I was never, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are days where I felt like an outsider. I mean, I have mm-hmm. all the, you know, I think I've had all the feelings, you mm-hmm. know, oh, I for think, sure. you know, I, all those things happened. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I knew what my goal was. And mm-hmm. I felt like if I just let this happen organically, mm-hmm. it will really work for me. Yeah. It will and work I- for us. Um, you know, in the beginning, I remember, you know, my husband saying like, just being a disaster. <laughs> he just was, you know, we got thrown curveballs everywhere we went and everything we did. And I just kept saying to him, it will come, you know, mm-hmm. just the time will come. I promise you. Mm-hmm. Things will get better. And, you know, eventually they do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And again, and when, I think for anybody, you know, the intention is always good. Mm-hmm. It's oh, never, sure. you know, you know, you know, like, I don't think anybody ever goes in like, I'm going to be better than, you know, they just want to do what they think is the best or, you know, mm-hmm. with the best intentions. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, they don't always go the way we, my saying is, keep your intentions high and your expectations low. (laughs) Yeah, that's great advice. And I think it is so, because you're right, we do all feel that outsider feeling sometimes, right? But Mm -hmm. I think it speaks to your confidence to not fall into that, trying to repair that, right? Which I feel like that's a lot of where it came from for me, because I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to fix this, and then I'm not going to feel that feeling anymore you know, and I'm just trying to shove myself in, but that's not how it works, right? You need to let it develop organically. And it's hard because you want to, you know, you want to rush to the sweet spot, you know, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to get to where everybody's happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, you know, I, I had a lot of like, I, you know, I listened to Jamie Scrimgeour's. Yeah. That's where I think yeah. I, you know, found you. And there was a couple of times, it was one time where I was really, you know, like I definitely, I think every stepmother has this where like we hit the wall, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we hit the wall and we're done. Mm-hmm. And I was in a really bad place. I didn't, you know, I got to that place where like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Is mm-hmm. this really where I want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, those days where you just want to get in the car and drive and <laughs> keep driving. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I remember being in the car and listening to her podcast and she said something about like, you know, I had to really think about me and what, why I was this, why I was feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, it goes back to like my childhood Trump, you know, my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I had, and then I like thought about it and, you know, it was like this light bulb went off of I'm the youngest of seven kids. I'm a, you know, recovering, I call it, you know, mm-hmm. recovering codependent mm-hmm. and people pleaser. And so I thought, you know, my intentions were great, but in my heart, I was like, I'm just going to love the pain away. Mm-hmm. I'll just, you know, I'll make sure everything's done for them. I'll make everybody's life easy mm-hmm. so that he could, you know, that the kids can be happy when they're here. And my husband can be happy when they're here and everybody can be feel peaceful. And I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, that was a big, big, like, aha moment for me was when I just thought, okay, why this can't keep going on like this? And mm-hmm. what is it that I need? You know, cause I went into this, like, I've been through the therapy. I know it all. Like I, I, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know, I, this stuff won't bother me. And, you know, it does, it definitely bit me in the butt for sure. Yeah. And that's funny. One of her podcast episodes on, it was on codependency that actually that's what made me realize I was codependent. I always thought codependent people were needy and they needed people to do things for them. But listening to that episode and they were saying how you need to do everything and you fill your time taking care of other people or trying to do things for other people or make things how you want them for other people. That's also a form of codependency. And that was a light bulb moment for me. I was like, Oh crap, I'm definitely that, you know? And then it makes (laughs) you start realizing that, you know, all this time you weren't actually just a giving person or wanting to make everything. Okay. This is something that's wrong inside of me that I need to really think about here because they don't need me to be, adjusting everything for them all the time. That's not actually helping them. Right. Or or that, or that feeling of like, I do everything to make everybody happy and I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. And why aren't you fixing it? Yeah. Yeah. Like why aren't you doing all the things I need you to do to to make make me me feel feel better? better. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. You know, it's funny. And Jamie always talks about like the, the, the shoes by the door and you know, I, every day I would come in and our coming in from our house, we always come in through the garage and it's right into the kitchen. And every day the kitchen was a mess mm-hmm. and I would want to just throw myself on the floor. Yeah. And like, I would just want to punch a wall yeah. and, you know, I had to finally, you know, sit my husband down and say, okay, what are the, what are, what are things that you can do? Commit small things. Or, and I had to adjust like, Danielle, the kitchen's going to be a mess mm-hmm. and you're going to have to, like, you have two choices. You can make everybody miserable around you mm-hmm. or you can just clean up the kitchen or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I lived, I was single for a long time. I lived on my own. So I kind of learned, you know, I, you know, I, anybody who's lived on their own for a long time is like, gets kind mm-hmm. of anal about their world and yeah. their space. And so my, that was the only thing I could control was what was around me. And then I couldn't even control that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that really was definitely a struggle for me. And yeah. I still struggle with it. Yeah. And, and it is, it's a difficult thing, right? The shoes at the door, that one, when I heard that the first time it made me laugh because my stepdad, that drove him crazy. He, when we were growing up, the shoes at the door drove him nuts. And 
like it got to a point where if our shoes were at the door, then he would put one at one side of the closet and one. (laughs) So when you're going to leave, you're like, where are my shoes? You know, and now like, I'm always late. I'm a teenager. And now I'm trying to find my shoes. And I'm like, right. But that was his way of dealing with it because we're just couldn't get it right. But still our shoes are everywhere. Well, you know, it's funny. I always tell friends, I'm always like, I literally walk around the house saying all the same things that my parents said to me Mm -hmm. as a kid. I can hear my mom now. You can make it to the sink, but you can't make it to the dishwasher. You know, how can you live in this mess? Make your bed, you know, just why can't anybody? And, you know, my dad would come in the house. He worked out of the home, you know, he worked in the city and, you know, he would work all day and he came home and things were out of place and the house was a mess. Kids are running around crazy. And I always wondered why he was miserable all the time. Yeah. And now, you know, now I know it's like, it's, it's a lot. I don't know how my parents did it. Yeah. I'm the youngest of seven kids. And I, I don't know how they I did it either. I don't either. I don't No, no. It's chaos. That's a lot mm-hmm. of kids. And I, I talk to them daily in my head and, and, and say to them, they're both passed away, but I, I have conversations with them daily. Mm-hmm. about like, I am so sorry. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Until you're on the, the other side, you don't fully understand. You don't know. And I, yeah. you know, I thought, well, I came from a big family. I, I can do this. This is mm-hmm. what's two kids, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's definitely a, a change. And I moved, yes. you know, you know, much like Jamie, again, I moved an hour away from where I lived and everything I knew, my brother lived close by, had a niece that lived close by, who I'm close with. And so I had this little bubble of my friends and my yeah. where I worked out and all of the things. And You're I moved away from that. So that was a huge transition mm-hmm. to me, for me too. But I just, yeah. you know, there are days where I would come in the house and just be like, does any, does no one care? <laughs> yeah. And they don't. Uh, and they don't. Exactly. No. They don't. And it that's. Is- that's also where the trying to do everything for everyone and trying to make everything nice for everyone. And then they don't care because they're kids and that's just how they are. And then we get so frustrated because we're like, I'm spending all this time trying to make everything perfect for you. And you can't even put your dishes in the sink or the dishwasher or whatever the thing is that drives you nuts. Right. Yes. Thank you. I never felt more understood than that statement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's so true. But in the, at the end of the day, we're not going to, like they are kids, right? And being a step-parent, it's a, we take things a lot more personally when they don't, because again, we feel like we have sacrificed so much to make everything nice for you. And we feel uncomfortable in our own home all the time, trying to bend over to make sure you're happy because we're afraid that one wrong move and we're going to destroy the relationship with you. We're <laughs> destroy the relationship with your dad and my relationship with your dad. Like everything is just going to fall apart. If I say one wrong thing, they're going to go home. They're going to tell bio mom, bio mom is going to bad mouth all of us. And they're never yeah. going to want to come to the house again. Yeah. We're all going to end up in court, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and that's how it feels, right? You just feel like you're walking around just waiting for that one thing that you do wrong and everything is going to get wrong. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. And then they can't even put the dish in the dishwasher. Yeah. You know, but again, they're kids. So when it's my biological kids that do something like that, I'm like, oh, kids, you know, but then at the same time, I can also go to work and be like, oh my gosh, they're driving me crazy. 
and Mm -hmm. talk about how annoying children are. And people are like, tell me about it, you know, but then if I try to talk about my stepkids, they're like, but you signed up for this. Yeah. You know what you're getting into. You can't say that about them. Like, yeah. Then you always feel like you have to follow it up with like, I love them, but you know, where I don't Listen, feel like I, I have to say that about my biological kids. They just, it's just <laughs> understood, you know? I had a conversation. I was talking to some of my coworkers and they all have younger kids. They're younger than me and they have younger kids. And I was like, I do people really intentionally sign up to do this for life. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, it's a lot. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a lot. And I have to give them a lot of credit. I mean, anybody who, everybody who has kids, it's, it's a lot. It's and a we lot. don't even have our the kids full time. Yeah. It's a lot, but it's a lot too, for a stepmom who comes in and there's so many things as the mom, there's so many things that you get so many rewards that you get so many things that you don't have to think about. Whereas as the stepmom, which this is the thing a lot of people don't understand we constantly have to be walking this line of, you know, we care about them and we're putting them first, but we're also trying not to overstep. And then we're not trying to say something about their mom, even though that woman has done so many horrible things. And I just want to say it, but you can't say it because that's not your place to say. And then you want to go and watch their sports, but should I go? Because their mom's going to be there. Is that going to make them uncomfortable? Is that going to make her uncomfortable? I don't know if I should go. Should I go? Should I go? If I'm not going, does that mean that I'm saying I don't care about your sports and I don't want to see them? You know, like what's the right decision where moms don't have these problems? They don't. No. Of course you're going. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And, you know, it's funny when you say that about the sports was when I first met my husband and I went to that basketball game subsequent basketball games, he asked his daughter if it was okay if I came. Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't, I don't want her to come. Mm-hmm. You know, basketball's our thing. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely was like, okay. Like mm-hmm. didn't hurt my feelings. Didn't I wasn't upset about it. Like I just but waited honest, until did it hurt your feelings? No, not at not all. Not at all. Not Ooh, one bit. That would hurt no. Me. I would I would say it didn't and I would try not to show that it did because genuinely I would believe that this is the best thing, but it would hurt. I can honestly say it, it doesn't, No, that's it doesn't. Awesome. And, and it just, I just knew like, and now she gets upset if I'm not at things. Aww. She just had her, um, she is playing basketball uh, at college in college. And she just had her little signing ceremony today. And yeah. she, asked my husband if I was coming and you know, if she wants me there, I'll be there. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even, she has her senior night, uh, Friday night. And, you know, she told my husband, well, you know, I didn't, you know, I just have you and mom walking with me, you know, like I didn't include Danielle. Do you think she's going to be upset? And I'm, I, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I want that for my husband. Like, I just want that moment for my husband. Like, it's not yeah. really that, imp- I mean, it's important to me, but like, to see her look up at him in the stands when she's playing. Yeah. I tear up every single time. It just makes me love him more. And I just like, I I want that for him. You know, it's not about me, you you know, I I have other times, but it it just, it just, it's more important to me to see that than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it is those things that, 
you have to try and, I mean, it's great for you that you are able to just set, set aside, right. That it's not about you. Like, and it's not that it's not about you because you don't matter. It's just not about you because this is a separate thing, right? She wants this with her dad. She probably doesn't want that awkward moment with her mom. She probably doesn't want to have to deal with her mom saying anything about the fact that you were there and all of those things, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't want like that. I hate that. I never want to feel that like they're in the middle of something or they're so awkward. They don't know what to do or who to talk to or where to look like. We had a situation. It was the, you know, like a, you know, kind of the, her first homecoming dance in high school. And I guess she said something, you know, to him about like not wanting to take pictures with him or something. They go to this special place. Everybody goes to this one place to get pictures taken. And he got, you know, he was upset, of course, naturally. And I think she was just, you know, it was the first time that like mom and dad were going to be in a place with a lot of people and there's going to be pictures taken and all of that stuff. And his feelings were hurt. And I said, you know what? She's not responsible for your emotional well-being. So you need to figure it out. You need to hide it. You need to, you know, cry, you know, be upset with me behind closed doors. But when you get there, for, don't even yeah. got it. You know, they didn't ask for this. Yeah. So you've got to really like get it together. Yeah. And, and I don't blame him. Speak to her you know, trust for him, right? Like that she knows that their relationship is strong enough that she can say that to him. Right. Well, you know, it's that saying of like that, you know, the kids normally hurt the parent that they know loves them mm-hmm. deeply unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they're not going to be reprimanded for making that choice. Right. Mm-mm. And they, they don't worry about taking care of him because they know that he's a big boy and he's going to take care of themselves and they're not taking that on themselves. Well, they're not going to get punished either. Yeah. 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 And that we went to my stepdaughter's grade eight grad last year. Yeah. And I had asked her a couple years ago, because I was always like, we should take them all out for lunch and everybody go and like be that family, you know, because that's nice for them. And then I thought about when I was a kid and my stepdad and my dad being in the same place at the same time. And I hated it. And there was no conflict. There was no reason. Nobody ever talked badly about each other. But just my dad standing at the door where my stepdad was standing, I could not get out of that house fast enough. It was so awkward. I remember you saying something about that. I hated it. Yeah. So I asked my stepdaughter once, like how she feels about it. And she's like, it's so awkward. I was like, I'm not going to push this anymore. And Mm so we're at that, at her grad. And this was the most awkward thing I've ever. So my, their mom was there, her boyfriend. Her mm-hmm. mom and dad, my stepson, my husband, me, and my mother-in-law. And they've all lived together at one point. Like my mother-in-law is taking care of the kids for a lot of their life. And their mom's boyfriend is around a lot. He's got a very good relationship with her and whatever. So they're all we're all there, right? She goes to mm-hmm, a Catholic mm-hmm. school. And they're walking out after graduation and they announce they're going to give them each two roses and they're to give them to the person, the people who like basically matter the most in their life. This Mm -hmm. is the most awkward thing that you could ever do. Like these kids don't have a mom and a dad and that's it. Like there's so many, I was just dreading my husband not getting one of those flowers 
And luckily mm-hmm. she gave one to her mom. She gave one to her dad. So thank God for that. And, and then my, go ahead. No, I, I thought. Okay. And then, so we're taking pictures. Everybody's there. Her, so bio mom's mom was like, let me get a picture of mom and dad. And like their daughter. And I was like, that's, she's not going to want that picture. That's so awkward. But anyways, they did it. And then I looked at my stepdaughter and she was just so uncomfortable. So I looked at my husband. I was like, let's just get out of here. Like, let's not linger around here. She's so uncomfortable. Let's just get out so she can just be herself, you know, with one side of the family and not have to be like, well, I don't know where to go or who to look to or whatever. So, and we left and I, I mean, I can't, it's so, you can see it in their face, right? You know, I, I just don't, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. I don't want them to have to make a decision like that in front mm-hmm. of their parent, you know, their mom or grandma, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's just not important to me. You know, like I want to be a part of their lives and I want to be in their lives, but pictures together and those kinds of things that, are, you know, at stuff, yeah. I, it's not really that it, it doesn't, their comfort is more important to me. But their and you're grandparents look at that picture and think that, right? You're gonna think, oh gosh, that was a horrible day. They were so uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I look at our, our wedding pictures and think that. Mm-hmm. They were so unhappy the day of our wedding. It was so sad. And it, you know, like I look at the pictures of us and I just I get sad. Mm-hmm. I get sad mm-hmm. because they were so sad. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you know, having step parents. Whether you're, whether you think your parents, you know, you, I think you always have that small hope that your parents are going to get back together. I, I don't have that, but um, I do think a lot of kids do. I, my it's just like the my, end my of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And, and my dad still young. Had, so I never had to deal with a stepmom. So I might've felt different if I did. Oh. That is true. Yeah. I don't know if that would be different, but, um, but their grandparents are set, are divorced and you know, they still like, we'll sit with each other at things and they will go to holidays occasionally together. And they just they say to my husband, like, can you, we just wish you could be like Nana and pop pop. And, you know, like we have to explain to them, like, you know, do you really want your dad there? Cause he's going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. It's not a safe place for him. It's not a safe place for me. And mm-hmm. so do you want, you know, like if we could all be together in that way, that would be great, but they don't have that kind of a relationship and not everybody does. No. And then I think like in the big picture, in that situation, it would, the kids would be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah. They just haven't been there. Right. Yeah. And I wanted that in the beginning, but I also wanted everyone to be comfortable and friendly and be able to mm-hmm. not we're, we're, I mean, we're friendly when we're together and we all hug each other and say hello, but I'm sure the kids feel the discomfort that everyone's being polite and putting in their, you know, mm-hmm. best foot forward that nobody just is themselves. Right. Cause everybody feels a little uncomfortable. And right. So- and I don't know about you as the stepmother, but like, I always feel like I have to be nice. Of course. I don't get the choice to be in a bad mood, to to be in a bad mood or to ignore or to Mm -hmm. blow someone off in a situation, especially like at a sports thing or, you know, something important. 
because my relationship with bio mom or grandparents directly affects my husband's relationship with his kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm mean to them, then they're going to get mad at dad or me and they're not going to want to be here. You know, like it's just yeah. like, yeah. I don't really have a choice yeah. in the matter. <laughs> yeah, I have to be nice. And the outside factors even, right? Like anybody else who's looking, if you're, there's so much pressure on you to be, because already you're that witch that's in, right. You know, like, already we have that stigma that we're the bad guy. Right. And so, and even if people aren't thinking that we think they are like how many times I've, Oh, I'm their stepmom. And then that look like, Oh, mm-hmm. and they completely mm-hmm. disregard you. Right. Oh, like, yeah, Absolutely. You're nothing now. Cause you're just a stepmom. You don't understand what it is to parent kids or to be involved in it. hello. Still here. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> still yeah. doing the things, but absolutely, you know, so there is all that pressure and, and we do, we always have to be on and always, right. And it's a lot of pressure. It is a lot. And I, and I'm one of those people, you know, I had to, you know, I've cut people out of my life because of, um, people like bio mom. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people in my life like her and I've cut them out of my life. Mm-hmm. And so now I, have to have her in my life mm-hmm. and it's triggering for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I'm always kind of in fight or flight at any given moment. Yeah. Just waiting stressful. for something to happen. Yeah. yeah. It is stressful. Yeah. Constantly living like you're on edge or like, you know, yeah, you're, you don't know what's coming, but you know, something's coming. It just always feels like that. Yeah. And it's a terrible way. I mean, I, I, I really struggle with it a lot um, of how to like, not feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I really don't need to. It's I'm, I know I'm better than that. I know I can do it. I know I have all the tools. It's just, you know, that, that, you know, our, that little eight-year-old or 10-year-old or 15-year-old comes out and it's, it's paralyzing sometimes. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work because you do have to really dig into where it's all coming from and what is causing you to feel that way and how to not allow that to happen. Right. And to practice the moments when they come in and just, no, we're not going there, you know, and actually you just don't go there anymore. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. It's really hard. hard because there's kids involved and you have to. Yeah. At certain levels. Yeah. Yeah. And you do want to just, I don't want to talk to her ever again or see her ever again or let her impact my life ever again. And then, you know, yeah, we has a basketball thing and you got to be there, you know, yeah. she asked you to be there. Now you have to be there. And then you know, it doesn't work. They get married. Yeah. They have kids. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something. Right. There's always going to be something. And that's the one thing I always try to, you know, they're few and far between, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's funny. I saw your, um, your post today mm-hmm. about the time, yeah. about time, giving the time, and of you know there there are a lot of times where we have the kids when we're not supposed to, or transition day comes and there's something or whatever. Um, my stepson is now indefinitely living with us, mm-hmm. and so um, I, I I saw a thing and I remind my husband of this. 
when these things happen. And I get upset too, because I have plans. I have expectations of how I want my days to go. Mm-hmm. But I saw a statistic and it says you spend 99% of your time with your children before they turn 18. Mm-hmm. And now to think that that's cut in half, mm-hmm. we take it. Yeah. You know, kids want to be here. We'll mm-hmm. take it. You have COVID or other plans or something going on. We'll take it. Yeah. And I think the problem is that, and I'm so guilty of this, is that we get so caught up in making things fair or thinking about, she would never allow this. We could never Mm -hmm. get away with this, you know, and getting caught in that mindset. And then we're just pissed off. And now we're spending the time just being pissed off because like she should have been here to get him or... Mm -hmm or she's not letting us have them one or the other. I talk to stepmoms all the time that are angry about one or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's these women wishing they could get more time with their stepkids and the bio mom's not letting them or the bio mom's not holding up to her end of how much she's supposed to have them. And then they're mad about that. But when it, what it comes down to really is we can't change that. That's going to happen. We can't change that. Right. And either we can sit there being mad about it and talking about it and just letting all of our energy go to how mad we are because she can't do what she's supposed to do. Or you can enjoy the time because you're right. It's going to come to an end. They're not going to be around forever. And that's in real, and that's in everybody's, you know, anybody who has kids, but then to think that it's cut in half. So, you know, yeah, we try to, we try to, you know, it's hard to, it's, you know, I think for anybody, it's hard to change direction. Mm-hmm. at the last minute. And like you said, you know, you get caught up in the fairness, like, you know, mm-hmm. if we did that to her, that would never, we would be crucified or we'd be going back to court or whatever. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, it's like, let's just be pissed for a half hour. Yes. And then move on. give ourselves a half hour. We'll have a cocktail and, yeah. and go on and, and redirect. Yeah. And, you know, like I can't, you know, and, and, and me in my head, it's like, I can't, you know, I, I just, I don't feel like it would, it's fair to get mad at my husband about it, you know, no. like, or resent him, mm-hmm. you know, he wants, you know, and I, and I always think about that whole, like, you know, they're just stuck in between this world of their kids and their ex-wife and us and the mm-hmm. expectations and what they want to do. And at the end of the day, they want to be with their kids. Yep. And I, I don't, you know, I get being, di- you know, everybody gets disappointed and it's okay to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Our anniversary this year, we had plans and our plans got thwarted mm-hmm. and I was disappointed. Of course. And I took it personally, mm-hmm. you know, in my head, I was sure that she knew it was our anniversary and she made sure that she ruined our plans. Mm-hmm. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, where's that going to get? You know, she's not losing sleep over it. Why should I? Yeah. And what difference does it make it happen? Right. Yeah. You have, you know, you can celebrate your anniversary. You know, I felt shitty for a day. And then I was like, you know what? We'll just celebrate our anniversary another time. Yeah. We'll change our anniversary date. (laughs) Just, and don't tell anybody what that is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And why are we going to give them so much time ruining our life? You know, they've done enough Mm -hmm. of that over the years. And it's, a lot of it is in our control. You know, we can't control what she does, but we can control how we react to it. And you're going to be pissed off and you have every right to be pissed off. But yeah, don't hang out there forever. 
you know, because then you're just fueling it, right? I used to call everybody who would listen to me to talk <laughs> about how irritated I was, right? And now this mm-hmm. is all I talk about to anybody. And they're like, I'm right. tired of this. You know, well, you know, I, it's funny. I this. have a niece who's a, a an adult. She's a mother and she's also a stepmother to two kids as well. And so we just, you know, when something happens, I'm like, do you have a second? I need to vent, you know? And so it's great. We can bounce this stuff off of each other. And, you know, there's no judgment. Nobody gets, you know, like I don't get irritated at her. She doesn't get irritated at me. We get it. Yeah. And it's a great, you know, it's, you know, we don't love spending our time doing all that, you know, texting each other all the time, but yeah, but it's a great outlet for both of us. Yeah. You know, to, to be able to bounce that stuff off. And my best friend is a, is a stepmother and, you know, oh, lucky you. Yeah, we will sit down and we'll just look at each other and just be like, man, we went yeah. to lunch a while ago and we just both sat down. I was like, it is really hard to be alive right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is a game changer talking to somebody who gets it because there's so many times where you'll say something to another stepmom. They'll be like, oh my gosh, I had the same thing. Right. And right. it's amazing how many situations are the exact same. The wording oh. is often the same. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, like I said, I listened to all these step parent, step mother podcasts, and I and I feel seen for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a you know a tribe. And so we were talking about. I know we're we're getting to the end here. Yep. But I could go on forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me <talking>. too. <laughs> but so we were talking a bit before, and I I don't want to miss saying this, but you had said that things are kind of changing a little bit with the kids growing up and they're seeing things a little differently now. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? So we end on a, so in the last gosh, probably six or eight months, there has been a huge shift in the kids. Um, you know, before, uh, you know, they would never talk about mom bio mom, you know, what she was doing, who she was with anything like it was radio silence. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that kind of started to shift. Uh, their, their mother started dating someone and it kind like, we were getting like small tidbits, like here and there. And it turned into like full on kids don't like him. Don't want to be around him. Um, and we've had like, I mean, they've had, I think in August and September, I think we had the kids for five weeks straight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was out to dinner with my stepdaughter and we were sitting down and she said to me, you know, I just, I just really owe you an apology. And I was like, for what? You know, we were talking about mom, bio mom and, and who she's dating and, you know, how she feels about him. And she said, I just, I really owe you a huge apology. And I was like, what do you, why? And she said, I, for how I treated you in the beginning, like, I feel really bad about that. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. I said, but you know, why would you have liked me? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like in my head, I'm like, why would, I wouldn't like me Mm -hmm. if I was in your situation. I said, you know, your dad, you guys, everybody was healing. You know, everybody was still healing. It wasn't, you know, this was new and it was fresh. You guys were young, you know, 
I just wanted to create a space where you guys, you know, like we really, like, I just wanted to create a space where you guys felt safe and you wanted to come here and you wanted to be with your dad and, you know, your dad had to repair, you guys had to repair your relationship and really kind of reestablish the relationship you had together. And, you know, you guys could have been way worse. Mm -hmm. You know, I was really, I mean, I consider myself very lucky. You know, like I said, we had meltdowns and we had bad moods and we had, you know, one word answers and, and things of that sort, but they, you know, they were good and polite and every night at dinner, they said, thank you. And, um, so, you know, I just took that conversation and I was just like, that made every bit of it worth it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, every second, you know, it took everything, you know, I'm a crier. So yeah, every yeah. time somebody said, you know, I cry and it took everything I had to like, not cry at the dinner table in this restaurant. Yeah, I bet. But it's also, it's, it's, you know, it's sad. It makes me really, really sad because they're seeing their bio mom for who she is. And listen, no parent's perfect. My parents weren't perfect. My husband's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. But when you start to see the cracks, it's, you know, like they are get, it's really, I just think of the long-term damage Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's going to cause. And it's, it breaks my heart for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, even my stepson has said to me, he's like, Daniel, you know, you know, I hated you at first. And I was like, well, that's all right. I didn't like you either. You know, (laughs) you know, we were just being, you know, kidding around. Yeah. And I think it was, it took mom dating this person who they don't really care for. Yeah. To, to show them what they have. They're like, you know, I think that he's doing what, you know, a lot of people do, you know, like pushing himself on them and Mm -hmm. they're not, they're also older. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not in a state, you know, they're different, you know, they're older, they have their, you know, they're, they're established in kind of who they are and what yeah. they'll tolerate, what they want, what they don't want. And it's, it's like, we just had a blowout a couple of weeks ago and it's, you know, I, I hate seeing kids have to go through that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's awful. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I just think like, okay, you know, like we, we, you know, like I don't want to be the mom. I want to be the person they come to when they realize they're not, you know, like yeah. that they feel safe with when yeah. something bad happens that they can come to me and talk to me about it. Yeah. You know, I've been referred to, um, by bio mom as the fun aunt. And I was like, well, that's, Perfect. that's exactly who I want to be. Yeah. Thank they don't you. need another mother. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need another yeah. parent. And who's coming to the parent during their teenage years to tell them anything fun nobody. Right. Exactly. So like I'm the one that can, can take the dirty jokes and the, yeah, you know, the and things and laugh a lot more and, that's going on than the parents do. Yep. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's a good place to be. That's what I'm but trying I think, to You know, and I like to, I like to think that like, you know, I kept hearing in, in all of these, you know, podcasts, they're like, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Like the kids, you know, I told my husband, like the kids will figure it out. Mm-hmm. they'll figure it out mm-hmm. and having it happen is like is is so huge yeah. and it's again it's kind of bittersweet you know it's it's I hate it destroys me mm-hmm. to have the kids come here in tears and feeling so terribly mm-hmm. and be, the things that are said to them is just it's I just 
you know, that's, that's something I just don't get, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, I, it, it is what it is, but you know, I just, I, I was like, Oh, so it really does happen. Like it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they do get it. And you want them to, if they're looking back to respect you for how you handled yourself. Right. Because it's difficult. And when I grew up and kind of started to see how things must have been. Mm -hmm. And I remember crying to my mom about not seeing my dad and he's not calling me. And, you know, and she just sat in my room and she's like, you know, he loves you so much. He just doesn't know how to communicate. And, you know, like it's nothing, it's nothing to do with how he feels about you. I know how much he loves you and how much he, Mm. you know, and they went through not such a nice divorce that I learned about when I was well into my twenties. So that would have been a very hard conversation for her to have. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. But as an adult looking back and realizing how everything was and knowing that she cared more about me than doing what I'm sure she wanted to be like, I know he's such a, (sighs) you know, like. Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. and we were actually, you know, we were in all of this, like we've been told that like, you know, the kids even apologized to my husband and we're like, dad, we're really sorry that like, we didn't spend more time with you in the beginning or we didn't want to be with you, but you know, we kind of, you know, like mom made us feel like you were the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we knew that was happening. I knew that was happening, but to have it said out loud, you know, and like for a kid to have to come to that realization, it's really sad too, because they feel bad about it. Yeah. But you do see people for who they are as you get older, right? And even my mom saying that to me, it could have, had she gone into talking trash about him or whatever, that could have changed the trajectory of my relationship with my dad, right? When instead, instead I was a grown up and I can make my own decisions. And looking back, I don't, I believe what she told me, right? Is that Mm -hmm. he just didn't know what to do, right? He was always just there. And then when they separated and he needed to be the one initiating, you know, that's not who he is and that's not his fault. And it, it's just not in his wheelhouse and it was harder for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And it had nothing to do with how much he cared about me. And now we have a great relationship and we always mm-hmm. have, right. And mm-hmm. where she could have damaged that. And then things could have gone a different way when I grew up and saw everything more clearly. Right. right. So, it is, it's very important and it, it's, it's kind of scary because it's a lot of pressure, but. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, you know, people are who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the one thing I was always, you know, with people like that in my life, um, who can be abusive and, and that kind of thing, like you hope that it's just you. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't get passed down through the generations. Mm-hmm. And then just, but there's always going to be someone, there's always going to be a target or there's always going to be, you know, supply or whatever, you know, who, however anybody defines it. But you just like, in my head, I always hoped that the people in my life, like they didn't do it to their kids. Like, okay, you can do it to me. It's fine. That's, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But then to see it happen to the kids is just another level to yeah. me. Yeah. And that's really what's super disappointing to me and upsetting is like, okay, you can do it to your siblings or to your husband or whatever. 
but to do it to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Is really, really tough to see. Yeah. And, And that is the thing that I think is important to recognize is that you have, you know, kids who end up with a parent who is abusive, they grow up and that's their example, right? Yeah. They'll mm-hmm. have teachers and they'll have aunts and whatever, but these kids had you to see too, right. As another female growing up and being able to have, and your stepdaughter seems to be recognizing that now, and she'll have that you'll be in her mind, right. When she has kids and when she's dealing with situations that are bad and you'll also be there as an example for her to pull back from who do I want to emulate here? Right. I I hope so. I hope so. You know, I think that there's always that, you know, there's that loyalty bond with mom that for sure will always, you know, like, you know, I see that kind of ebbing and flowing, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they kind of, that kind of comes and goes, but I think that that's just, you know, she's their mom. Yeah. You know, and that's just what it is. And, you know, so I, I just don't, you know, there are days where I'm like, Oh, you know, like she wants to be with me and she really cares about me. And then, you know, she's back with mom and it's like, I don't exist. And I have to like, you know, remind you, I have to remind myself like, okay, you're an adult, Danielle, get it together. (laughs) And next week we'll be fine. Right. And we'll always be fine. Yeah. And it changes. Like there are times they're always going to be that way. They're moving right. too, right? Like they're- right, and like right now, mom is kind of the for her at least is like the easy. You know, she's making her life a little bit easier mm-hmm. and giving her a little more freedom. So she, of course, naturally, a kid's going to even of in a course. even in a even in a family where the people are married. You know, like I knew mm-hmm. my parents were together all my life. I knew who I could go to for certain things. A hundred percent. My son yesterday, <laughs> they had, do you want a cookie or ice cream for dessert? Ice cream. They eat ice cream. My husband leaves the room for five minutes. He's like, oh, mom, can I have a cookie? Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you asking this because your dad's not here? And he's like, yes. I was like, of course you can have the cookie. So, duh. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I'm trying to be smart enough to know who to ask. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's always going to be that they go to different people for, I mean, if they know they're going to get what they want, they're going to ask that person, right? I mean, everybody does that. Yeah, of course. You know, I know I'm not going to get this from this person, so I'm going to get it from that one. Yeah. And we do that our whole lives. I mean, I remember I was eight years old and my, I wasn't allowed to have got my ears pierced. So I was 16. I charmed my dad right into it. A hundred percent. And he took me right to the mall and got my ears pierced. Yeah. It was my dad too. Every time I wanted that, I asked my dad. He's going to say yes. Yeah. Can't blame him. And and then my mom, you know, forever till I was, you know, a grown adult, your father took you to get your ears pierced just to make me mad. And I was like, well, whatever his reasons were, I was happy. It it worked for me. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming to me. This was great. We'll, we'll have to set this up again. And yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. More about how things are going. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Step Struggles. If you are wanting to discuss what you're struggling with, I do offer step family coaching at strugglingstepmom.com. I'm also always open to chat on Instagram at the struggling stepmom. 
If you'd like to weigh in on our struggle of the week, give me a follow and watch for the question box in my stories. Thanks again and talk to you guys next Friday.